0: This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online platform that helps you find a therapist that will match your needs. BetterHelp offers live video chats, um, open discussion, conversations with real therapists in real time if that's what you need. I personally love it and have used it now for almost two years. I would really recommend if you need someone to talk to that is not in your family or your friend circle, (laughs) that you reach out to betterhelp.com and you will receive 10% off if you use my code, BGP. So again, that's betterhelp.com slash BGP to find the right online counselor for you. Hi, welcome to Big Girl Pants Podcast, where we talk about health, wellness, careers, parenting, relationships, and everything in between. I'm your host, April Melton. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> this is a little bit of a different uh, format today. I am actually recording an episode by myself. Um, welcome back to Big Girl Pants Podcast. This is April Melton, your host. Um, I feel sort of bad because I kind of ghosted um, both the podcasts, my listeners, um, a lot of people on social media, um, to say that this year has been a roller coaster and also a shit show would be a complete understatement. And I'm going to do my very best <laughs> not to <laughs> completely lose my shit and or cry, um, I have been through so much this year, and I did not think that it would be very fair to number one press forward with the podcast when I was not in the right um, headspace to bring you guys the type of content that I like to put out. Um, as you know, like I'm a very positive person. I love um, sharing information. I I have a you know forever student mindset forever learning mindset. And I could not uh, muster up the enthusiasm, the courage, the uh, motivation to want to record the podcast because of the things that I had gone through. And, you know, for everybody listening who doesn't maybe follow me either on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, social media, whatever. um, This year, my uh family had a lot of loss and i'm not sure what i'm going to call this episode i might call it a loss and a huge gain <laughs> maybe uh we'll see but um on july 1st my stepdad passed away and you know for those of you that have lis- have been listening you know maybe since the beginning or even just since last year i lost my dad um in may of 2021 so You know, losing someone that, uh, I don't know the word to say, losing someone that important to your family, losing someone that foundational in your family. My mom and stepdad were married for um, 20, they were together for 21 years. So, you know, I'm 35. Um, Most of my adult and formative years were with you know, my stepdad and my mom and losing someone like that on top of losing my dad, um, was really hard. (laughs) And, you know, not even, not even just losing him. Um, shortly thereafter, I lost, uh, both of my grandfathers. So I lost my dad's dad and then I lost my mom's dad. Um, so, you know, and this all happened in the month of, July, Uh, like July 1st, I lost my stepdad. Uh, 14 days later, I lost my, um, I lost my mom's dad, uh, Charles Libby. (laughs) We lost him to uh, COVID and pneumonia. And then um, we lost my dad's dad shortly after that. And I think it was just an amalgam of things. He was... He was older and the year before he had had a really significant fall. And then, you know, he was one day he just didn't wake up and, you know, losing my dad was really hard, like really, really hard because, um you know, I was only 34 and you just don't see yourself living your life, and not even just me, but you don't see, um, you don't anticipate your kids not having a grandparent, and not only just a grandparent, but their favorite grandparent. So, you know, losing my dad was so hard, but then, on top of all of that, losing my stepdad and my two remaining grandparents, you know, it just... It really felt like the foundation was just ripped, ripped out from underneath me. And, you know, I <laughs> I have the ability to <laughs> put on a good face, right? I, everybody, you know, can kind of pull themselves up by their bootstraps or whatever and, you know, go back to work or, um, you know, fake it for everyday life. But the thing about this podcast is that it's so much of my passion. It is my passion. It's my passion project, you know, that I I can't show up for you guys and I can't fake it. I can't fake genuine curiosity. I can't fake genuine interest. I can't fake, I can't fake passion. So um, that is... You know, a good percentage of why I took such a long break, and I know that you know, once people hear this story, <laughs> they're gonna understand. But um, I did I want I want to talk about some things that I like went through during that time. and you know, maybe some things that helped me because that's a large part of the reason why I have this podcast is not just so that I can educate myself, but so I can educate the people that do listen to this podcast. Maybe I could say podcast one more time. Uh, (laughs) I um, I really dove headfirst into therapy. Um, I, you know, after my dad died, I had a grief journal, and I used my grief journal all the time. And I, uh, you know, would just sit on my back porch and uh, eat my dinner alone, typically. Um, And I would just write in my journal, you know, like maybe after Chloe went to sleep or whatever. I would take some alone time and I would write in my grief journal and I cannot shout out to my friend foreign car who bought me that grief journal because I cannot say enough wonderful things about something so cathartic as that has been for me. Um, Like talking about, you know, your favorite memories with this person and putting them down onto paper so that that is something that you have you know, for the rest of your life or as long as you can keep it. And there's so many things that we forget when we're going through the process, especially when it's a family member that's so close because you're – for me, you know, you're you're planning the funeral, you're planning the arrangements, um, you know, you're, um, I don't want to say dodging, but, you know, you're getting a lot of phone calls, you're getting a lot of text messages, uh, you're trying to coordinate with family members, you're trying to do all of these things in the moment. And, you know, maybe you don't give yourself a proper time to grieve or even the space to grieve because that's such a big loss. And when you don't understand the magnitude of something that big, you, uh, you're kind of blindsided. And I definitely was, um, you know, for my dad, and I don't know, I've talked about this a lot, but for my dad, um, I was in denial and, you know, when he was sick, my dad was diagnosed with stage four terminal cancer in 2017. And, he just kept getting better. So I didn't like, and this sounds so naive, but, you know, I had never had someone that close to me get a diagnosis like that. So I didn't really know what that meant. And um, it was a little bit of ignorance and a little bit of uh, optimism that I thought that, you know, because he had tried chemotherapy, radiation, immunotherapy drugs. So they they help support your immune system. I thought because he kept trying all of those things that he was just going to continually get better because it's really weird to look at someone and say, Oh, you're dying if they're not like in a hospital bed. And, you know, for my dad, someone who like did not have the ability to quit or rest until he was just exhausted. um, He was still like trying to work on cars, right? You know, the week before we had to put him in hospice And I was the one who had the responsibility of making that phone call and saying like, we can no longer provide him the care that we need, that he needs at home. Um, We need to take him to hospice. And I didn't even know what that meant. All I knew was that he wasn't taking his medication. He wasn't um, able to use the restroom. He was incontinent, but it was just so many things. And I, before you go through it, you just don't know. So going through it now, I know exactly what it means. I know what it feels like. I know what it looks like. And I had to really talk through those things and going to therapy. And honestly, you don't even have to. Let's say, you know, you can't afford therapy, right? Let's say that it's just not something that's within your budget. Trying to find someone who is either potentially like in your family or a close friend that has gone through it. That was just as cathartic for me. There's a girl. um, Her name is Jenna and she lost both of her parents when she was really young. I want to say before the age of 30, (sighs) maybe a little bit older, maybe she was like 31 or 32, but her parent, both of her parents died within like two years of each other and talking to her and talking with someone who has who understands the severity and the magnitude of that type of loss was so helpful for me. Um, so, you know, let's say you can't go to therapy. Talking to someone that you know is, you know, emotionally healthy, that is mentally healthy, that has gone through something similar um, will also help you. But the Grief Journal helped me too. Um, just asking you questions about your last memories with this person, what the funeral was like, um, you know, did you see any family members there? What were some things that made you happy in these moments? What are some things, what are some memories and some things that you'll miss the most? And after going through that with my dad, which (laughs) obviously if you can't hear it, I'm still not, you know, fully over it and I will never be fully over it. But going through that with dad prepared me for all of the loss that happened this year. And, you know, when you lose someone that's that important, and, you know, yeah, it's it's my dad. You know, it's just my dad. It's just my parent. But the difference between my dad and... I don't even want to say other parents. (laughs) The difference between my family and potentially other families is my dad was sort of like the he was sort of like Prince Charles. He was like the mini patriarch, the patriarch in training because his dad was the patriarch and he was amazing. His name was Lowell Richard Melton and he was the funniest, best salesperson I had ever met with the crudest jokes. Um, But my dad was very much like his dad. And because of that, you know, a lot of, of my cousins and my family members really looked up to my dad as like a father figure. He was the one that, you know, fixed everybody's cars. He was the one that made all the jokes. He was the one that spent all the quality time. You know, my dad was was never too good to play any sport. Like, you know, if you want to go play basketball, my dad was down. You wanted to go play tennis, my dad was down. He never played any of these sports, but he knew how to do all of them, which was so cool because he was sort of like a big kid. He loved to play, you know, both with kids and with, um, like grandkids. And he just really like enjoyed life. He was so funny, always telling jokes, always, you know, always making people laugh, which was like the comic relief of every holiday, every gathering, every, um, Every, like, situation, every time that we were together, it was always, like, trying to make people laugh. And and as I'm older now, you know, I really... <sighs> when you're young, you maybe don't appreciate those things, and I remember being so... I'm a little bit serious, but uh, (laughs) I remember being young and really wanting, like, really wanting my dad to be more, (laughs) be more serious or to be able to have uh, serious conversations with my dad. And now I understand, like, you know, he went through... So many serious things and, you know, came out on the other side still so happy. And it's like he found. Sorry. (laughs) He found the light in like every moment. And it was always about like joking and cutting up and fun and all of that. And like the fact that I. The fact that I didn't appreciate that to the extent that I wish that I would have is not lost on me. So, you know, it's like going through those things with him and seeing, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Going through the things that I've gone through and thinking about the things that I really took for granted, you know, is like it's bittersweet. I love thinking about him. I love, um, I love thinking about all the fun and the best part is like, you know, even though, even though I lost my dad and my grandfather, I still have my brother and my brother, (laughs) who just had his third, well, he didn't, his wife, had their third baby. Um, he's so much like him, and he's so funny, and, you know, everything is <laughs> everything's always a joke. He's so present with his kids, and it's always, you know, it's always fun, because just like my dad, my brother has gone through so many serious things that it's like, it's almost like, What's the point of being stressed out all the time when you can just have fun and focus on the light and the positive and the funny and (laughs) taking every opportunity you can to either make a joke or to make it funny or to make it fun, you know, and I really appreciate that about them. And, you know, maybe there are some things that I wish that I could have had some conversations that I wish I could have had with my dad, but, you know, I... Still talk to him all the time. Every time I get in the car and the radio is on, which you guys know me, I don't ever. I rarely listen to the radio. <laughs> I'm kind of a control freak, so every time I get in the car, I'm like, all right, let's turn on my favorite podcast. Okay, got to make sure it's at the right minute, all of that. Like, I never just, uh, <laughs> I never just wing it. So, but when my husband drives my car, he'll listen to the radio, and every time the radio is on. Like, one of my dad's favorite songs will come on. And it's, like, such an awesome reminder. And, you know, I really... I wasn't sure. Like, I wasn't sure that I would make it, like through this year, like, you know, after dad, I was like, you know, I should have known these things. I should have been able to go through these things. I should have been able to say, you know, my dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer. So I should anticipate that he could potentially not make it. And after that, you know, and again, going to therapy and talking through that and all of those things that was super helpful for me. But, you know, after losing, because when you lose someone that pivotal in your family, then you refocus your priorities. And I did. Oh my goodness. It was like, and no offense to any of my friends or anyone that wants to hang out with me. I love all of you. But when you lose someone like that, your priorities change, everything shifts and you really have to focus on like the family and the relationships that you still have. And I'm so grateful that I have such a wonderful family and so many people that are, you know, so close in age with me. I have my two brothers. I have all of my cousins. I have my aunts. Um, It's really like, it's so crazy to say because I just, you know, you just never anticipate something like this happening. But, you know, My entire foundation, the people who raised me, except for my mom, are now gone. Like, both sets of my grandparents. My dad is gone. My stepdad is gone. And when you go through something like that, it feels like the foundation of your home was just ripped out from underneath you. And you know, that not only did it change my perspective and my priorities, but it changed... It, it probably, <laughs> it like changed me on a molecular level. Like, I don't even know <laughs> how to explain how deep it goes now. But, you know, and obviously, for everyone listening, like, you know, how important parenting is for me, you know, how important relationships are for, for me. And you know, how important how I view these things, you know, in Uh, in comparison with other things, you know, potentially like money or status or anything like that, like those things, money and status, I don't really, um, they're not really, you know, at the top of the list for me, my, the things that I find the most value in is my personal relationships, my relationship with my daughter, my relationship with my husband, my relationship with my friends, all of it, you know, I feel like those are worth more than any, any monetary item I could have, you know, whether that's just simply money or, you know, a job or a title or any of those things. And, you know, it was like after that, after July of this year and losing all of these people, you know, because once I lost my dad, it was like, okay. Now I'm really going to maximize all of the relationships that I have, all of the relationships that I'm lucky enough to, um, be able to grow. And, you know, after, after losing, um, after, after you lose each person, it just like you buckle down just so much more. And after losing my dad, you know, I made it a point to go every Sunday or not every Sunday but you know as many Sundays as I could and just go by (laughs) our thing was like catfish you know my grandfather loved David Beard's catfish king in Duncanville Texas Lord have mercy that place the drive-thru like it's pretty bad you can't even read the menu all the numbers are coming off like it's a thing (laughs) but that was what he wanted and that was our thing. So I would drive down there. I would pick up the catfish. I would go and talk to him and just really just shoot the shit for like three hours. And he would just sit there and tell me jokes. We would talk about life. And I asked him a lot of questions about sales because that's what he did as a career. Cool thing about my grandfather is that, you know, um, for those people who don't know, I lived almost all over the United States, um, in my like early twenties, my, uh, Chloe's dad and I, we lived in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We lived in <laughs> liberal Kansas. We lived in, uh, North Dakota. And the craziest part about my grandfather is that he worked for an exhaust manufacturer and exhaust meaning like, uh, mufflers, catalytic converters, et cetera, for cars. So he was a regional and a national salesman for this for these two companies and he had been to every single town that I lived in which was like you know almost unheard of the fact that he was like I told him I lived in Liberal Kansas he was like oh yeah this was uh you know my um my sales or my uh, I had a client out there he was on this street and blah 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 and I'm like You've got to be kidding me. Like, how is this actually possible? (laughs) It's insane. But um, I really would just really focus and buckle down on the relationships that I still still had with the family members that I still had. And it was like after I lost my dad, I still had my papa, you know, so I could still go and feel like I still had that piece of me or that piece of him, you know, when talking to my grandfather because that's his dad. And it's like, you know, the transitions that we go through in life are just so crazy because now, you know, when he passed away, we now have to go through like, you know, probate and we have to decide what we're going to do with his home and all of the things that he had. And, you know, not like those things really matter. I would trade any of those things to have him back, of course. But it's just like even just thinking about you know, selling the home that we all grew up in. Me, my brothers, you know, my cousins, everyone. Like, it's just so surreal. These are just things that (laughs) you just don't ever think are going to happen to you. And that's such a beautiful place to be. Like, I would love to live (laughs) in denial forever. (laughs) But I can't. And it's just like this new... It's like you walk through this new like archway or this new like uh, entrance to, you know, the rest of your life and it's going to be all of these things. And I think that, I think that had I not lost my dad this year probably would have been worse, but because it was almost like his passing prepared me for, you know, because when you think about it, you know, losing a parent is like one of the biggest losses you can have but then when you lose you know a step parent and then a grandparent and then a grandparent it's just like the (laughs) trickle down effect you know like it gets it still hurts it's still sad um but it really like prepared me for you know what losing them was really going to be like or what it might feel like and it was not easy and you know like I said in the beginning, um, I can't fake it with you guys. I love this platform, this podcast, this community that, you know, I've built. And I I cherish all of you. I cherish every single person that's listened. I cherish every single person that's reached out and said, I miss your podcast. I miss your post on Instagram. I miss, you know, these things about you. And trust me, guys, I miss that shit too. I miss... <laughs> I miss happy me, jovial me, like, you know, um, fly by the seat of my pants me. I miss all of that. But, you know, I think that everybody has to go through some adversity in their life. And maybe this was my time to go through said adversity or, you know, um, maybe this is what I needed to potentially level up and really... um, really reevaluate what is most important for me. And, you know, while, while I could have learned that in a different way, uh, this is just, this is just my path and what I had to go through. And, um, and like I said, (sighs) that's like my favorite phrase now, but um, it, it, I find value in helping others. I feel like my purpose for a lot of things in my life is helping others. You know, even even my job. Like, you know, yeah, sure, I help clients find candidates or I help clients find people to hire for their organizations. But in reality, I'm helping these—I'm helping the candidates find a new job because without someone who's really interested in a new position, like— I, the clients will never find, you know, good people. And I, anytime somebody comes to me and says, Hey, I need help getting a job or I need help looking for a job. I'm always there to help them. And, you know, that's sort of why I started my podcast. You know, Shapiro and I used to have these conversations in her office when I worked for her and I, just it was like one day I just had a light bulb like these conversations are so important for everyone to be having and I didn't have that type of um, either support nor uh, insight in my life. So I wanted to provide that for other people and I won't call her out. But one of my friends called me the other day and said, you know, are you starting your podcast anytime soon? Are you starting back up anytime soon? And I was like, you know what? I'm actually recording an episode on Saturday. And. She said, well, you know, when you do, I have an idea for an episode because I really need some help on how to get through this. And I was like, wow, like somebody called me and wanted my help from some for something or, f- you know, for a difficult situation. And I was like, this is why I do it. Like, this is why I am so open, honest and transparent with everything that goes through goes on. In my life and everything that I go through because I know out there somewhere there's going to be someone who is getting some sort of value from this and some sort of um, takeaway, some sort of, you know, some nugget of information or some nugget of, of healing, right, in this episode that will help them move forward. And it would be very easy for me to be upset or be bitter or be angry. Um at all of it, and the cool thing about the five stages of grief is that you go through all of those things, but I think that you guys know me a little bit better than that that I can't live my life authentically angry because'm <laughs> I'm, I'm just not an angry person like I I love my friends I love my family I love the people around me and to live my life in that state wouldn't wouldn't would not only be unfair for me but it would be unfair for everybody around me so it's my responsibility to you know work through the shit that I'm going through and to show up as the best version of myself for my daughter for my husband for my family members for you know you guys So, with all of that being said, (laughs) it is now November, so we are a couple of months out of uh, the trenches, and, you know, something, I think the last episode I recorded was in June, um, and I haven't even published that episode yet, just because everything that had been happening, you know, I just, I just completely shut down. I went on, um, what do they call that, like sort of when you let's say when you almost lose power like I went on like standby mode like I was only reserving as much energy as I could to make it through my day-to-day that was like the mode that I had been running on since you know July 1st I really just put everything on the back burner I had to haul ass to my family I had to haul ass to you know my my extended family, my, my mom, my brothers, you know, mostly Chloe and my husband, but, um, I'm starting to finally feel as if I'm back to factory settings and feeling better. But, you know, while I'm going through all of this stuff, um, and I had told you guys that, you know, I'm going through IVF too. And, uh, but after, you know, after going through all that, I, you know, we did the egg retrieval and we got, I believe it was, do we have five or six? I think we had six embryos. Excuse me. We had two boys and four girls. And, you know, we proceeded with uh, the transfer. I'm going to take a drink of water. One second. We proceeded with the transfer um, on 7:25, so July 25th. So, you know, in the midst of all of this, not only did we, you know, continue with our IVF process, but we also went on like a family vacation, you know, like right after that, that first week of August, um, we took Chloe to Disney world. I'm trying to get my husband to come on so we can talk about how we only, (laughs) how the three of us went to Disney world and we only spent like $3,000. Um, but you know, we went, we did our transfer And, you know, that's an emotional process and getting excited about that, but also not too excited because what if it doesn't work and then you have to do it again. Um, But our very first transfer was successful and I am now uh, 17 weeks pregnant with our son and, you know, going through this process, going through the the, I'm trying to think of the right word, not unsureness, maybe the, I can't think of the right word. Um, basically the unknown, like, you know, and I was describing this to someone this morning who was asking me questions about IVF. And, uh, you know, she said, well, you know, I just don't understand Like my doctors aren't giving me any information. They're not telling me things. And I felt so similar. I was like, you know, it's so strange how like the lack of updates, it was just so, you know, um, it was just so unknown. The whole process was just unknown. And you're just so ignorant to how it works, because especially if it's your first time, you just really, you know, you don't know what to expect. And... Expect the unexpected, essentially, but they don't even tell you that. Uh, and I think it's because it's, it's largely based on your biology and how your body responds to all of the medications. So there was a lot of questions, obviously. I'm a very curious person. I would like to know. I don't really like surprises. I like a nice plan, <laughs> which is also, you know, why all of the things that happened this year were just just really through a wrench in everything because I love stability. I love structure. I love order you know, yeah, sure, you know, getting some flowers as a surprise every now and then is great, but, um, I like consistency. So, uh, going through the IVF process, they just really don't tell you a lot because you are, um, everything depends on how your body reacts to not only the drugs, but the procedures. And, uh, I will definitely do an entire episode on IVF and how that process works and everything that I went through just because I know that there are so many questions that people have. um, And there's so many things that I would love to share with you guys because there's so many women now that struggle with infertility. I believe it's either one in five or one in four women that struggle with infertility. And, you know, a lot of women don't understand why they haven't gotten pregnant yet. But anyway, I digress. Um, But going through that whole process and trying to stay positive and stay happy, you know, even without, um, even while going through the grief process, you know, there were so many days, especially because, you know, I'm pumped full of estrogen, progesterone. Um, there was another hormone in there too. I can't remember exactly which one I was taking, but I'm taking so many hormones and then I'm trying to grieve the loss of all these family members. And I, I, I truly think, that, and it sounds so morbid, but I truly think that it was very much a circle of life, you know, um, transition. And my brother and his wife just had their third baby, Maverick, who's a little boy. And then, you know, now I'm pregnant with William. And it was sort of like You know, whatever you want to call it, you can call it God, you can call it the universe, whatever works for you, right? I think that it was the passing or transition of old life and the entrance of new. And that was like the one thing that I was able to hold on to because it was like not just losing people, but I lost men. I lost foundational men in my life and, you know, thinking about my son growing up without a grandpa, thinking about my son growing up without male role models, besides his dad, obviously, you know, God, knock on wood, say a prayer, whatever, you know, but having his father, but not having generational men to look up to, you know, or... The fact that, so tough, (laughs) the fact that he will only have pictures and stories about my dad and my papa, you know, like people that shaped me into the person that I am, people that share DNA and will share DNA with my son, you know, it's just so crazy. It's so surreal. But I think that going through this, you know, bottle of water, three quarters of the way full type shit, going through this will only make me a more present mother. A more present family member, a more present aunt, a more present co worker, a more present wife. You know, there's just so many things now that I don't take for granted, that I should have never taken for granted. But, you know, I, I have learned so much from this process about myself, about my priorities, about everything. And, you know, it would have been very easy for me. Maybe not to get wasted. (laughs) But it would have been very easy for me to bottle up my feelings. It would have been very easy for me to, you know, drink alcohol in excess because I'm grieving or because I'm going through this or because I'm going through that. And I'm not knocking anybody who needs an escape every now and then because I definitely did but I didn't have the option because we were going through so much with the fertility treatments um, but I think that staying sober throughout this entire process was like the most raw and exposed way I could have gone through this process and I don't think I would have preferred it any other way You know, it would have been very easy for me to mask the pain with alcohol or mask the pain with weed or mask the pain with drugs or, you know, whatever, whatever it would have been. But because I was, I had to face all of this sober, I really had to evaluate myself. I had to evaluate, I had to evaluate my triggers. I had to evaluate why I was behaving the way that I was behaving, why something bothered me as badly as it bothered me. And now I can look at it, you know, three months later and say that I'm grateful for every single thing that happened. And I'm grateful for every single moment that I spent with my family members. I'm grateful for, you know, all of the time that I did have with them, even though selfishly, I would say that it wasn't enough, but You know, that's not for me to determine. It's not my decision when someone goes or when they stay. It's only up to me how much I maximize the time that I do have with that person or those people. And, you know, that goes for this too, you know. I don't want to waste anybody's time I only want to provide valuable content I only want to provide you know things that I am genuinely interested in people that I am genuinely interested in you know because people ask me all the time they're like you know can I come on your podcast or can my friend come on your podcast or can we do this or can we do that and you know it's not even that I like saying no it's that I want to make sure that I'm not faking it. I have to live in my most authentic self to make sure that I'm providing something that I'm genuinely curious about. Because I could obviously have a ton of guests on, you know, if I were just okay with people pleasing and wanting to do what everybody else wanted me to do. But I have to make sure that I'm interested and that I find value in it and that it's it's serving me because when I'm doing something that I'm genuinely passionate about, then it reflects through in the episode, in the conversation, in the dialogue, in all of it. And it going through all of this has really shown me how much I do love everything that I do, including this podcast, mostly this podcast, because I love it so much. So yeah, I have to make sure that whatever it is that i'm doing i'm genuinely interested in it and it's not because i feel as if i have to do it and i think that's why this podcast has been so um i don't want to say successful i want i think that's why this podcast has continued for the length that it has because i i absolutely love it it is my my outlet my Creative, my creative side, my creative piece. Because, you know, when I go to work, I have to work and I have to work to the standards of other people or I have to work to the standards of my boss or the standards of someone else, you know, but this podcast is mine. And I want to say thank you to everyone who listens and everyone who has listened thus far, you know. And I hope that there, you guys do find true value in this podcast and that's why you listen to it because that's why... I do it, um, and I don't know why. I feel like I <laughs> I have to share everything, but it's because I genuinely want to help. It's because I genuinely want other people to learn, not even necessarily from my mistakes, but from my experiences. You know, and what good would I be doing if losing all these people just turned me bitter? Or just turned me angry or turned me sad you know or I allowed myself to be sad because of all of the loss when in reality I could be so happy that I had such wonderful people that I now you know grieve the love that I didn't get to show them like how fortunate am I that I had such great people in my life that I am now so sad that they're gone and I think that it not only inspired me to be like a better mom, wife, person, friend, but it inspired me even to just see people for who they are and and what they are, you know? You meet somebody on the street, you give them the eye contact, you... Show them the respect of just being a human and, you know, having more grace with people. You know, if someone's having a bad day, talking to them about why they're having a bad day, you know, and apologizing. If you fuck up, if you overreact, if you get upset, saying that you're sorry because you are sorry. Because you didn't mean to come off as an asshole or you didn't mean to come off mean or, you know, whatever the case may be, it's just taught me so much and that there's just literally no reason to live anywhere else but your true self you know I am sorry that I acted like an asshole I am sorry that I did this or you know I am very proud of you you know friend cousin family member etc you know I am excited about this I am excited about that you know it, it took me I don't want to say it took me losing all these people to realize these things but it definitely reiterated that it's okay to feel that way it taught me you know that it's okay to be you it's okay to be yourself it's okay to be proud of where you come from it's okay to be proud of what it is that you do it's okay to you know brag about your achievements it's okay to celebrate yourself it's okay to You know, take a day off from the gym and take a nap. Like, (laughs) all of these things are okay. And, um, you know, sharing with other people has always been something that I'm, you know, not just passionate about, but it's a driver. Like, it's something that drives me. And obviously when they ask for my help or when they ask for my opinion... (laughs) sharing in that moment but yeah it's been it's been a long year but I'm very excited and I'm very happy and I you know have William to look forward to I have William is the name for our baby William William is my mom's grandfather or my mom's dad name my grandfather's name and then Douglas is his middle name Douglas is my dad's name and obviously Shimmick is Matt's last name. Very excited about William. Very excited about this next, you know, phase in our family. Um, excited for, you know, my my nephew and my son to play together. Excited for all of it. And, you know, I I just want to show up as my best self all the time. And while that may not mean, you know, being perfect all the time, it's not what I'm trying to do do at all. (laughs) But striving to be better, you know, giving myself some grace too. You know, (laughs) I am a little bit older than when I was pregnant with Chloe. So this pregnancy has been a little bit different and I'll do an episode on that too. But, you know, I just wanted to come on and tell you guys, The things that have been going on in my life and provide some perspective as to why there's been such a large break. But also that I think, you know, the podcast is going to come back (laughs) bigger and better than ever. Just it's going to come back, you know, me. It's going to come back you know, not any conversations that I feel like I have to have, but conversations that I I want to have and things that I do find value in. And I will, I will say, I wanted to give a shout out to everybody that commented um, on my Instagram story and said what they wanted to hear more episodes about. And, you know, I was actually surprised about the amount of questions and the amount of, um, the amount of episode suggestions or topic suggestions because it was so much around the exact same thing that I just talked about. It's so much about relationships, you know, how to handle this maybe with your spouse or with your child or how do you how do you do this in a in a healthy way or you know, how do you resolve an argument with your spouse or how do you uh, approach a situation with a family member or how do you do this and You know, I'm so excited to be able to provide some feedback on those. I'm so pumped. I can't wait. Um, But with that being said, you know, I I do want my listeners to understand too that, you know, the episodes will probably not be as perfectly consistent, but I just hope that you hang on. And, you know, once I get everything figured out, I am, you know, almost halfway through my pregnancy. So I'm sure that things will be a little bit different. Um, once William is here and (laughs) there might be a few episodes where I'm holding an infant. (laughs) So, you know, have some patience with me, but, um, mostly that I'm very grateful for this outlet and I'm very grateful for not only the ability to come in and share my thoughts, my feelings, my life, the things that I'm going through, but also that, you know, I'm here to provide value for you. And that's why I started this podcast was to help other people. Because I knew that there were things in my life that I was going through that I didn't really have someone that I could turn to and talk to, you know, and I'm very fortunate now that I have a therapist, but, you know, even having a therapist, like <laughs> I have to pay that person to listen to me talk, <laughs> you know? And I think that's why I like podcasts so much because I've, I feel that I can identify with a lot of people that... Um, that do have their own podcast and the things that they talk about, I read, they resonate with me and I hope that I provide the same for you guys. You know, I hope that the things that I talk about bring you value or, you know, have some, um, help you in certain situations in your life. And that's why I started it, you know, and to provide different perspectives for all types of people. You know, I've had crazy people on like a polygamist or, <laughs> a life coach a relationship coach you know all types of people but I'm very grateful for all of you and thank you for listening and just um, I hope that you stay on this ride with me (laughs) Uh, if you have any questions or have any topic suggestions um, I will probably put a question box uh, on my Instagram story again just to kind of refresh but I do have a bunch of uh, episode ideas so um, we'll see where those take us and then of course from you know from that going forward. I will continue to do that because I love getting your feedback. I love hearing the things that you like and the things that you take value from. Um, and then, of course, you know, if you need anything from me, feel free to reach out to me, biggirlpantspod at gmail.com. Um, find this podcast, any any place that you find any of your podcasts. Um, and thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for um, continuing to either download or for, you know, to play the podcast whenever it pops up in your feed. And, um, I love you all. Thank you. Bye.